Oh man, thank you guys for being here. Welcome to what we call Independence Fest. Um, normally, every single year we kind of take this time to spend some extra time this whole weekend just kind of celebrating because it's a very important uh, time of the year. Obviously, 4th of July, or it's the 3rd today, but this is what we're celebrating is this whole 4th of July. It's the day that the Declaration of Independence was signed into date and, and became a, a reality for our country. And uh, if you know a little bit about history, I'm not a huge history buff. I don't, you know, I'm not insanely knowledgeable on all this different stuff. But by just the basic knowledge we have, obviously it was a time where we, we claimed this land for our own. England owned it, and, and as Americans, as people who wanted to live here and run this country, we said we no longer want to be, uh, you know, taken care of by this country. We want to be our own country. We want to stand alone and say that we can take care of ourselves. This awesome, this declaration of independence is pretty amazing to think about that being written, saying we're no longer part of you. We're now free, and we're going to take care of ourselves. It's crazy. Really awesome thing. Uh, I have a funny story for you guys. I don't know if you guys know or not some, some of the DNA as I keep sharing with you about how this church kind of started. But um, at, when I did go over to England, when I did all this time praying and stuff like that, I was talking to one of the guys. And Roger's one of the really cool guys over there that I spent a lot of time with talking and praying with. He was joking around about us Americans and about our Fourth our of July celebrations. And he said, I sometimes think you Americans think that your your holidays are like worldwide. So I had a Christian I mean, I had a American guy who was here and it came around to Fourth of July and he's like, So do you guys celebrate Fourth of July? And he's like, No, actually we don't celebrate the day that you kicked us out of our own country and took it for yourself, actually. He says, We don't celebrate that. But it's kinda of funny how we think like, Well it's fourth of July. Doesn't everyone celebrate this? Oh well, no, actually it's it's pretty much us, but but a day like today, it deserves to be celebrated, doesn't it? As a country, um, I don't think there's anything wrong in being proud of your country as a Christian whatsoever. I know some people have different views on that. I don't believe there is. I think there's nothing wrong with also being proud of where you're from, nothing wrong of uh, being proud of the land that you're, you're a part of. When you look at this, this story, it's amazing, though. You have average men. You know, if you've ever heard the story of the Minutemen, but they were given their name because they were average guys, farmers, um, you know, blacksmiths, all these different things in a city, and they had guns, and what they were known for is, is in a minute's notice, they were able to grab their weapons, and they would be able to fight, and what was cool, it wasn't the fact that they fought, because really, even at the time, it wasn't like they had pride in the United States yet, but what it was is, if you didn't fight, your family was going to die, and it was when they, sung, when they sounded that alarm, the guys would grab their guns, and they'd run, because it was time to protect your family, your city or a little town, your area. And you'd have men who were just average guys, farmers and stuff like that, grabbing a gun and going against trained military and fighting against them to say that they were going to protect their land from them. It's an amazing story. And obviously, um, the, the story of the revolution is just a, a crazy one. You could read about it for, forever without how interesting, how many stories are back in that. Um, a, a country of, of nobodies, basically, fighting against another, one of the most powerful countries in the world, basically pushing them back and claiming this for our own, and then in the course of those next years to where we stand today, being arguably the most powerful nation in the world. It's amazing. Very amazing. Not only that, too, but I just love fireworks, so it's a good enough reason for me to celebrate for this weekend, too. But not just for America. This weekend is also really, really special for Axe Church, for us. And uh, for some of you guys, I know a lot of you guys, uh, you haven't even been here a year yet, maybe at Axe. A couple of us have been here a little longer. But this is the day, two years ago, this is the weekend, two years ago, that our team of people who wanted to plant this church stepped out. And for the very first time, we met. 
all different things, positions, different places that we were at. And we heard this calling to, to plant this church. And this weekend, the 4th of July weekend, was the very first time we stepped aside and we said, all right, we're going to start this and we're going to start working on it. It's been two years that all this stuff has been going and we've been working on this. And it's awesome to see, obviously, what's here. We've started this church with, uh, with 17 people. And what's that? Yeah, with 17 people. And yeah, I was going to say, if you wanted to know our, our history, if you look behind you, that tin shed right there, that was where we had our very first service. We had it cleaned out, and we all, we all hung out in there for the day, and we had our very first service where we got together and we talked on a 4th of July weekend about what we were going to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, to see where we've come, it's amazing, and it makes me feel a little bit almost like those Minutemen who are just nobodies, and they were fighting against a great and, you know, a, you know, a great force, all the things that would have stood against us, all the things that we have stood against in these last two years. And when I look at it, I mean, I feel just um, amazing pride to see what our church has become uh, in those last two years. It's, it's amazing. As far as I'm concerned, um, the country, our church, it deserves celebration. And that's what I want to talk to you about for a few minutes this morning is one of our core values at X Church. We have 13 core values that we base all of our, our ministry on, all of what we believe um, and what this one is, is victory should be celebrated. And I think this is actually, it seems like a simple one, but it's really important for us. And I want to share it with you for a little bit. I know we don't have a screen this morning. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me. Or if you trust me, I'm going to read this to you. And I promise I won't contort any of the scriptures. But when things go right, we need to celebrate. I want to kind of give you a cool story. Um, the book of Esther, it's one probably most of us haven't read a lot. But in the book of Esther, it's this girl and she gets taken to be uh, the next queen of of this country and, and basically she is a uh, a jew and the jewish people were going to be persecuted and killed and she goes before her soon-to-be husband and goes before him unannounced which in that time could get you killed you never just walked in on the king she went in and she interrupted him because she stood up for her people her her jewish people and said that this bad thing is going to happen in which your military is going to come and kill my people and he took and he had he put favor on her. He says, okay, he says, Cause I, basically because he loved her, he said that it wasn't going to happen. Well, the Jews, what he did instead is he, he issued a decree that said that I can't stop people from trying to come and hurt you, but as a country, what I'm going to do is you Jews, on the day it happens, you guys can fight back, and if you kill people in defense and in that in the war, nothing's going to happen. We're not going to press charges on you kind of thing. You know what I mean? We're not going to come after you. You take care of yourself. So this is where the story picks up in Esther 9.17. It says this, okay? It's just a little blurb, but I think it's important. It says, this was done throughout the provinces on March 7th and on March 8th. It says, they rested when their victory uh, when their victory was done on the day of feasting and gladness. It says, the Jews at Susa killed their enemies on March 7th and again on March 8th. These two days they were attacking. They had a war. They had a battle. But it says, then on March 9th, they rested. And they, make the, they made that their day of feasting and their day of gladness. I think that's cool. It says that basically, like, there was this big war, this big, like, issue, this military coup. But then afterwards, you know what they did? They threw a big old party. Victories need to be celebrated. We see it back here. Um, it's really common in those times. They would throw these celebrations. But also, it says to this day, the Jewish people get together at this time, and they celebrate this victory that happened for their people. We believe the same thing at Acts. And we believe basically that when, th- when things happen right, when people do things right, when situations go right for our church, we need to take time to celebrate those things because they're worth celebrating. If people in, in ministry opportunities in our church, if people who are, um, I don't know, leading a subgroup, leading a life group, cool things happens, 
man, they deserve credit, and we need to give honor to that too. They deserve a celebration. Maybe we need to take them out to dinner. Maybe we need to give them a pat on the back. Maybe we just need to make sure people realize that something awesome has happened. But victories need to be celebrated. Here's where it really comes down to. Life is too short. It really is. Um, I heard a, a cool comment. Uh, Amy, she's my, she's my reader. She reads like 10 books compared to my one, so she's always giving me facts. But it was a comment that um, a man was saying, he says, do you ever notice how everyone realizes that um, death always comes too soon? Doesn't it seem that way? Everyone who you know, death always comes too soon. And he says, it's because we're meant to be eternal beings. We're meant to live forever. So death does come too soon. When we see it happen and someone leaves, it's because we say, well, like, that wasn't fair. Why are they gone already? It's because inside of us is our soul, and we're supposed to live forever, and it's weird to see something end. It's not right for us. But in Ecclesiastes, and if you, if you know this book, uh, Solomon, he was a, a wise king, and as he goes through his life, a lot of different things happen, but Ecclesiastes is this really interesting book that he wrote, and you can tell it's kind of as he's getting older, and he's just like kind of fed up, basically. He's had his time here on earth, and he's kind of fed up with what everything has happened. And this is what he says, okay? In Ecclesiastes 2, starting in verse 17. I want to read this for you. It's really kind of down, but it's, it's interesting. He says, So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. I came to hate all my hard work here on earth, for I must leave to others everything I've earned. And who can tell whether my successor will be wise or foolish? Yet they will control everything I've gained, by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. So I gave up in despair, questioning the value of my hard work in this world. Some people work wisely with knowledge and skin, then, skill, then must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it at all. This too is meaningless, a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds can't rest. It's all meaningless. So I decided there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink, to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? It's interesting. He basically says, man, when you, when you get down to it, this life is just, it's just gone that fast. And he says, everything that I do, basically, no matter how hard I work, everything I gain, I realize that I can't gain anything that's not taken back away from me by my own death. He says, no matter how far I get in business or in achievements and that, I have to leave it into someone else's hands, and who knows if they're going to take care of it well. And he says, man, just how meaningless really it is for all of my struggle, all of my toil, all the wasted nights of being up and worrying. He says, you know, how meaningless. If we, don't have, um, if we don't have joy in our life, basically what he's saying, you know, like, what's the point? I like where he says, I found then that it's for a man to eat and drink, and be glad in the Lord, basically. You know what I mean? To be happy. I, I love this. Dr. Bob Parsons. I don't know if you guys have ever heard him or not. You know GoDaddy, the company? Sells domain names. Um, become famous. GoDaddy, interestingly enough, for Bob Parsons, is his third multi-million dollar business that he's built from the ground up. Dude is really smart when it comes to business. But he has principles to live by. And I'm telling you guys, uh, if you want to look, other than the Ten Commandments, this is a pretty awesome list to live by for success. But this is one of his that I, I've, I've, I love, and I actually I put in place in my own life. It says this, We aren't here for a long time. We're here for a good time. And I think that's really good. It's true. Man, time on, uh, on earth is short. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. And I completely agree with this. Now, 
you know, God tells us we don't have much time. He says life is, life is a breath. It's gone in an instant. And most people, they would take this knowledge then that we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. And what they say then is I'm going to make a whole lot of dumb decisions then, right? Because who cares? I'm only here for a short time. But see, that's the exact opposite of what I'm saying with it. I'm saying we're here for a short time. So you know what that gives us freedom to do? That gives us freedom to make a whole lot of right decisions. Because we realize that life is very, very short. Very short. And then we're gone. So if we're going to use this time, we make a whole lot of right decisions. And what we can do is we can realize that we can sacrifice things that are just lame and selfish. Because we're only here for a short time. I think that basically, you can see it in the lives of the people who uh, planted this church two years ago. A lot of people stepped away from a paycheck, stepped away from security, stepped away from even relationships. And they said that basically we understand the fact that it's one thing to be comfortable, but we'll, we're willing to take risks. We're willing to step out because we're only here for a short time. We're willing to put money, time, and effort into making ministry successful, into making ministry a blast. The same thing with our own personal lives. It's not just the people who help plant this church because that's not the, you know, the fullness of our ministry. And for you guys, it's not the fullness of your ministry just to come to church. But when it comes to your friends, to your family that you're trying to tell Jesus about, you know, we're only here for a short time. It's good to use that time, man. Invest it. Don't waste it. And victory should be celebrated, though. Some people will say, well, isn't that wasteful? I mean, isn't it wasteful, like, say, um, this day, okay? We're getting together, and we're going to spend a whole lot of time, and we're going to celebrate. We're going to spend money. You know, we bought a bunch of food. We're going to all eat together. People, all you guys put money together. They did all this. You know, we spent money on decorations and all these things. People say, well, you know, isn't that just wasteful? Couldn't we have just taken that money and given it to the poor? You know, are are we wasting that money? And I understand what you mean. And if it was done in excess, I completely agree. But see, if you have a problem with that, really you'd have a problem with Jesus. Because when you look at him in the Bible, he says something really interesting to this. Matthew 26. There's this verse where, where Jesus uh, basically comes into, uh, comes into uh, uh, someone's house and he's basically uh, at the home of, of Simon, who was a man who had previously had leprosy. And this is what it says. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and he poured it, she poured it over his head. And the disciples were indignant when they saw this. She said, they said, what a waste. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus was aware of this, and he replied, Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She's poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for, for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. I think it's interesting. The disciples had the same exact thought. Isn't this wasteful? Couldn't we have just taken this money and we could have given it to the poor? We could have fed somebody. And Jesus says, I understand what you're saying. But he said, some people deserve, you know I mean? I deserve honor. Jesus said that, I deserve honor. And I think the same thing applies to other people too. Other people deserve honor too. We're willing to spend money. We're willing to spend time to give people honor, to make people feel special. People deserve it. We just had this whole conversation this last week about being present in your families. Real quick, did anybody this last week catch themselves on their cellular device and stop because of it? I did, yeah. I was sitting talking to someone, and I pull it out, and I'm like, yeah, I put it back in my pocket, and I'm like, present, fully present. People deserve time. They deserve my honor. 
We're willing to spend money and spend time to make sure that people feel honored. People deserve it. Because the things that we celebrate, the things we celebrate are worth it. We're not celebrating lame little things. We're celebrating really important things. Sadly, here's the fact. Churches can get caught up in the fact that, that what they're trying to do, what they're trying to get, so much so that they forget about their own wins. Listen, I know we have a, we have a big mission, okay? And, and it's serious. And when you really experience Jesus Christ, it kind of messes up your life. Because then you realize that there's other people who don't have Jesus. And I need to do what I can to tell them about Jesus. And it messes up your life a little bit. You realize, I can't be the exact same person. I might have to change. I might have to sacrifice some things for me. But what can happen as a church, you can get so focused on that, and so focused in the work of it, that you can start missing the wins that you see inside of it. We have amazing things to celebrate. People's lives being transformed. We've had marriages restored. We've had people being healed. I mean, amazing things. People's lives, addictions broken. New starts. Coming back to faith after years and years and years of being away. And we have salvations to celebrate. We've had 20 people in the four weeks after Easter give their life to Jesus. Last Sunday, we had three people give their life to Jesus. I mean, is that not amazing? Does that not actually excite us it should if you're not excited right now you're confused you're confused baptisms we baptized 25 people just a few weeks ago 25 people that's exciting when we hear about salvation though i think still i I don't think we get it and i'm not trying to pick on you guys but see that reaction that reaction was lame that reaction was lame I think maybe we, maybe we will, but here's what I'm saying. Before we, before we do it again, this is what I'm saying, okay? And this is, what, this is what I mean. We can't be like an average church, okay? That's not what we are. That's not our DNA. That's not who we are to sit here and just say, oh, oh praise Jesus. That's not the idea. We need to understand the weight of what I'm talking about. And see, what happens is in a church, we can get so caught up in just the, the church of it that they're like, 25, 23 people have gotten saved since Easter, and everyone's like, oh, praise Jesus. That's lame. That is lame. Man, we need to get cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs crazy when we hear that people get saved. We need to shout. <clears throat> we need to jump up and down. If we can't stop and we can't celebrate when someone gets saved, then we're missing the whole point because you know what? It says that in heaven, they stop and celebrate. If you read it, it says that when people give their life to Christ, the angels stop and they throw a party. Now that's pretty awesome, right? And if we want to be like God, we need to get that in us. We need to get that type of of passion. We need to get that kind of fired up excitement. Okay, one more time. Since Easter, we've had 23 people give their life to Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. That's the most exciting thing in the world. You're talking about people's whole lives being changed. People from, from down the line. You know, I mean, you have people in this, in this crowd right here who've committed their life to Jesus, who got serious about their faith, and you're going to see generation after generation after generation of their families follow Jesus because of the decisions they've made. It's amazing. And it deserves us to get fired up and get crazy about it because that's what it's all about. If we don't get excited about salvation, we're missing the whole point. We might as well just shut it down. If we don't have time to celebrate, we think we're too busy to stop and say, oh my God, just 
chill for a second. We had 23 people give their life to Christ, and we can't stop and get inside it. We're too busy. We need to slow down. We need to take a lesson from the world. Now, there's a rare time that I'm going to ever tell you that. But we need to take a lesson from the world. I want to read you this. It's Luke 16, and it's verse 1 through 8, okay? It says this, Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. And one day a report came to the manager uh, that the manager was wasting his employer's money. So the employer called him and said, what's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you're going to be fired. So the manager thought to himself, well, now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. And he says, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who give me a home when I'm fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to, to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, well, how much do you owe him? And the man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. That's a lot of olive oil. So the manager told him, well, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. So he did. He says, and how much money do you owe my employer? He said to the next man. He says, I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat. And here was the reply. He said, here, take this bill and change it to 800 bushels. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the light. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your earthly possessions are gone, they'll become to you an eternal home. Jesus says this word. The people who don't know Jesus, a lot of times they understand how this world works a little better than us. And he says that if you notice here, like maybe they got a plan. And here's what I mean is this. And I don't want to, like I said, how many times I'm going to tell you to be like the world? I'm not. This is a rare one. But I'm saying this, okay? Sometimes as Christians, when people, something really good happens, this is what we do. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And I just think that's a little lame. It's just a little too pat for me. Because here's how the world sometimes responds. And maybe how I think we should respond a little bit. Holy crap, man. Serious? Dang. Okay, sweet. I'm going to go get a keg. Let's go call some chicks. Let's get together. Let's have a party. Now, I'm not saying we got to do all that. I'm not saying we got to do all that. But I'm saying, do you see the difference? Okay? Sometimes we can just be so blasé and just like, oh, well, praise Jesus. But I think maybe we need to take a lesson in the world and realize, man, it is worth, it is worth taking some time to celebrate. Not to... Uh, and it overextent where that's all our life is. But when stuff goes right, it's worth celebrating. It's worth saying, let's get together. Man, let's call our friends. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about someone finding a coin they had lost. And it says, you know what they do? They call all their friends and they say, come on over, let's throw a party. It's exciting. This deserves to be celebrated. We need to get that into our hearts. Whether it's a friend, whether it's our church, whatever it is in our lives, when good things happen, we need to celebrate. We need to give honor to God, and we need to give honor to the people that deserve it. We need to take back our party. I think some of us Christians have lost it. Have you lost your party this morning? We need to pray to Jesus that he can give us our party back, okay? And he can make us excited. He can make us get crazy. He can make us shout for the things that are awesome, for the things that are exciting in God. Christians don't have to be lame. They don't have to be lame, weird people. They can be fun people. I encourage you guys. I think that some of us as Christians, we need to take our party back because I think that it would be really, really cool if Christians were the life of a party, not because they can drink more than someone else or not because they can shout louder, but because they're the people who are actually fun, really fun.
They're the people who love on people, who make them feel excited and happy and, and welcome. We need to take back our party. Victories should be celebrated. So what about you? Do you celebrate victories? I want to encourage you to this morning. It could start as simple as today. You're part of a church that is actually doing something in our community. You're part of a church that this last year has done some crazy things in our community. Okay? You're part of a church that is growing. You're part of a church that's thriving. And this morning, celebrate with us. Celebrate that you're, you're not sitting in a church this morning where you feel like nothing is happening and it's dead. You're part of a church that's exciting to be a part of. We're accomplishing things. People are getting saved, and that's worth celebrating, worth partying. Also, there's friends around you. And make a new friend today. Create a new friendship. Realize these people are the people who really have your back. You need to realize that the people in your life, your friends, your family, your church, they deserve honor, and they're worth celebrating with and for. And you can join today, like I said, that we've been together for, for two years. This mission has been, has been started for Acts Church. And I can guarantee you this. The best years aren't behind, aren't, aren't behind us. They're in front of us. Those last two years were just a foundation. Yeah, there we go. Some, some, some party in us. But let me tell you, the, the best years aren't behind us in these last two years. Man, that was all foundation. I'm telling you, the best years are in front of us. God has crazy, awesome things that are coming for us. And I guarantee you that another two years from now, we're going to be looking back on this day and saying, man, do you remember? Do you remember, man, how big God's made our vision since then? Decide in your own life to celebrate victories and start today. Let's pray together to end. God, I thank you so much for this morning. And I thank you, Jesus Christ, that um, you've given us in our church victories, Lord God, that deserve to be celebrated. I pray to you, Jesus Christ, that um, you would just bless us today, God. Let us uh, have joy and let us be able to just uh, laugh and enjoy today because of how amazing you are, because of what you've done. I pray to you also, Jesus, that you would just bless us food as we eat today. Um, Let us just create friendships, Lord God. Let us um, encourage each other, love one another today. I pray to you also, Jesus Christ, that you would just, in our own hearts, you would help us, Lord God, to understand celebrating victories in our own lives. That we would never get so caught up, uh, God, as a, uh, as a Christian, never so caught up as a church, God, that we wouldn't be just socks knocked off kind of excited when someone gives their life to Jesus because that's what it's all about. It's all about them giving their lives to you. I just thank you so much for this morning, and it's in your name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, thanks, guys.